0: Welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We're still knee-deep in tech and this is episode 30. It is recorded on January 26th. I made it this time. Yes. 2018.
1: Exactly. Let's get started straight away with some silence. We need to work on that. Yes. No,
0: let's start with with Power BI. Yep. For Uh, once. For once. Yes. I was asked to do a 45-minute session at the uh, let's see how do we translate this the swedish Agricul- university of agriculture's yeah. their uh, yearly uh, it department conference they asked me to come up and talk about power bi and to be honest i didn't have quite the 100% the correct um, g- information going in since they had told me that they had done more with Power BI than it turned out that they had. But it was a very interesting discussion since I decided to focus a bit on what is Power BI under the hood and how does it actually work. Did you know that Power BI desktop actually spins up a local SQL Server Analysis Services instance on the fly? I did not well it does it's uh it's a tabular version not a uh, the the old uh, cube version it's a, it's a tabular version with the usual ssas veri pack or velocity engine meaning that it is a, a memory based database with the hideous compression yep this is the way that you can force amazing amounts of, of uh, rows into memory yep uh, the latest demo i think is about 3 trillion rows that's a serious amount of, of rows and of course it's not a, a basic laptop but it's still in memory on a fairly modest machine Yep. well this means that it kind of opens up a few tricks and this this is no secret at all and uh, Reza uh, Reza Rad from uh, New Zealand he's, he's blogged about this quite some time ago it is very easy to, t- to connect either a SQL Server Management Studio or another specialized tool to this SSAS instance.
1: So so it gets you're able to access the it's a temporary SSAS. It or, is a temporary, yes. Yeah, and you're able to connect your regular SQL tools to it. Sure. And why would you do that? Why would I do that? Well, if you
0: looked at Power BI Desktop. It is it is great for a lot of things, but if you want to get metadata out, there is something called measures, for instance. You have measures that aggregate data from several tables, or take, for instance, all your sales for 2015. That can be a, a, a measure. Yep. Then you can have a measure that looks at the first measure, but compares it to the value of the last year, and so on and so forth. So yep. you basically create a few measures, and these measures are built on DAX, data analysis expressions. Yep. And the thing is, in order to find this DAX code, you need to click on each and every measure, meaning ah. that it's a bit clunky to work yep. with, and especially if you want to do documentation, for instance. Yep. This is where the uh, backdoor comes into play you can access um md schema what's it called md schema measures yep. that's the, the 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 view name that's a so-called dynamic management view if you just do a standard select star you get every piece of information you ever needed what the measure is called what the code behind it is and so on and so forth so this can be a great basis for documenting your power bi desktop data model Yeah, useful very useful and while on the the concept of, of documenting you have the m code which or power query code which is pretty much the data transformation that can easily be extracted from a pbix file if Power BI desktop is not running for instance a pbix file is a zip file yep and inside this zip file is another zip file <laughs> so you just unzip the first file you find the second file you unzip this and then you have a directory with the corresponding m code
1: yep so and of power course bi inception
0: p- power p- yes and let's why while we're talking, while we're talking about power something, let's <laughs> add some PowerShell <laughs> to it. Oh, this can of course all be done and automated by PowerShell. Yep. So there you have it. So that that was one of the things that I talked to them about. Yep. That they had no idea, and th- this is not something that comes up when people are toying with with Power BI. No,
1: exactly. You need to find a use case for it and really start working with the tool not just play around, do some visualizations. You need to get a bit deeper into it, start to go outside of what Power BI first looks like. That, that, I think that's the,
0: the key here. You need to go outside. You need to completely leave the box. Yep. This is something that a SQL Server admin could think, come come to think of, or a developer or something. But very few visualizing or data scientist people even consider that this might be an option. Yep. And of course I like to break stuff so <laughs> I'll take any any chances that I get. Yeah, but it's good to break
1: stuff and put them c- together again. As long as you can put them together, yes. Yep. That's why I didn't become a surgeon. <laughs> and thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, moving on to something new or it was actually released just after our previous episode. Okay. A new technical preview of Config Manager. No. They are releasing one every month. I know. Yeah. That's a great thing with Config Manager. <laughs> and, and like I've said previously, they, they squeeze in so much, so many new features in every release Yeah, that actually are valuable. And it's, but it's a bit hard to keep up. Yeah, exactly. And, and you need to find your own use cases for them. Because yes. they they are they are made from user voice, they're made from feedback from MVPs and so on. So it usually solves a specific customer case, but right. they see the need for it for other customers as well. Right. So I, I would like to point out two new features in the eighteen oh one release. All right. The first one is actually quite cool, and I had a long discussion with a few other people, among them people from the product group, just when it was released. Okay. Called phased deployments. Faced deployments. Yeah. So today, if you want to create a pilot group, for example, right, you want to deploy something uh-huh. in pilot and in production. Right. You have to create two separate deployments. So one job that does everything for the pilot group and then manually or by using scripts, a second one that are used in production. Oh, right. So this is an ability to create one deployment Ooh. where you have a pilot phase and a production phase which you can either automatically or first of all manually turn over from pilot to production uh-huh. but it could also set levels so if the pilot has a 90% success rate activate the production one.
0: Interesting
1: uh, and we me m- myself and Nikki Chilén uh had some comments on that and some improvements and they are re- they are developing this further away so you actually could also have a randomized randomization for the production deployment so for example you have a pilot which includes one collection uh-huh you reach 90% of it that's usually usually a limited amount of computers or users right it turns over to uh production deployment which includes a larger amount of devices or users. Right. But you want, you do not want that one activated at the same time. You don't want 10,000 machines downloading and installing a new no, office. You, you want it staggered. Yeah. And that's something they will introduce at some point in the future. Oh, right. So right. it will actually give you the option to deploy this over a period of two weeks and it will randomize how it deploys. That's
0: cool. Yeah. That, on the other hand, that that's something that is very obvious when you mention it, yeah. And, it, and, and if you didn't think of it, and then ten thousand clients yeah. make you think of it, yeah. Stuff and hurts.
1: Yeah, and you will also get other additional features to this one over time. But it's as I see it, this is a great way to manage, for example, Windows servicing, Office servicing, whatever it could be, where you can automate the entire flow, the entire process, without writing your own scripts, aka the future. Exactly. That was very interesting. Yeah. The second one, which is actually, this will also be very obvious Uh when you think about it. You know, Patch Tuesday. Sure. If you wanted to create a schedule that each month deployed the, the patches from Patch Tuesday in a controlled way, how should you schedule that in Config Manager? How can you schedule an evaluation and deployment of patches on Patch Tuesday? Not easily. What we know is that Patch Tuesday is always the second Tuesday of the month. Right. The obvious solution would be to schedule it at run every... The second Wednesday of a month. Right. Is the second Wednesday of a month always after the second tuesday of a month
0: oh dear this and can be think, a bit of a mess yeah
1: when you think about that first of all yeah it's obvious the second wednesday should be after the second should tuesday be. keyword but B, it is should be right if the month starts after the first yep. tuesday yep and on the second the first wednesday you will have the second wednesday prior to the second tuesday
0: Ooh, this is so inducing
1: Yeah. So so the way you could do it is that you have a longer period of time. So you put, for example, the third Tuesday as your evaluation. But then you have an entire week until anything happens. Or you do it manually or whatever. Yes. So now we are able to schedule the automatic deployment rules with an offset from a base day. So you oh. could choose the second Tuesday of each month two days after that. That's also very useful. So that's, it's, and then it's again, an a very very obvious change if yeah. you know that. What, and what that's can also based on user voice feedback. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's also something that we would like to share to all of you who are listening. Be active on user voice for the products you work with. Yes. Because they it actually matters. Which kind of reminds me, isn't it the
0: user voice that will be shut down with uh, GDPR...
1: I haven't heard anything about that connection, but that, then they have to migrate it to something.
0: Yeah, I, I saw something on Twitter about this, but I
1: I need to check back. Yep, So and they have several other new stuff in this as well for scripting and hardware inventory and so on, but those two features were the major ones I would like to mention.
0: Very nice.
1: And they are available now in your Config Manager console as every other update.
0: Yep, nice.
1: I just came back from Vienna. You did? Yes, and I did. And it was quite a trip to Vienna. As always, when I try to <laughs> go somewhere... <laughs> you I'm should be driving everywhere.
0: I, I should. True. Uh, and a friend of ours, Johan uh, album? he says that, please let me know whenever you're going to take the train. I'll stay away. Yeah, Since everything can be running very, very smoothly, and as soon as I step on the platform something is going to break.
1: Yeah, but you love to break things.
0: I do. Well, By design, c- sign, o- obviously. <laughs> obviously. Well, in, in this case, I was supposed to fly from from Linköping to uh, Schiphol in yep. Amsterdam and then on to Vienna. Yep. But it was very windy in Schiphol. Very windy, yes. <laughs> apparently. As in a bloody storm. Yep. So I came up with a great idea that I should go through Helsinki instead. So yep. I drove up to Orlando. Stockholm, and then I flew over to Helsinki just to find a meter of snow. It was yep. an insane amount of snow, so I was 30 minutes late out the gate from Arlanda, and since I only had 60 minutes in in Helsinki, I was uh, getting a bit, yeah, uh, a bit scared. Yep. But then again, it didn't matter since we were 75 minutes late <laughs> going from Helsinki. Yep. So I arrived in in Vienna quite a few hours later than I had
1: kind of tried and to. W- and why did you go to Vienna? Oh, um, Sequel Saturday. Yep. The on a Friday. On a Friday. That's the, the Austrian way. Yep. And me being half Austrian, I, it's logic to me. Yeah. I'm, yeah.
0: No, but it was a, it was a great
1: event. Yep. I think the the turnout was around 280 to 300 people. Which is great. It has to be one of the larger Sequel Saturdays in Europe. In Europe, it is indeed. There are several in the U.S., like five,
0: six hundred people. Yep, that's that's huge. I mean, New York is huge. Six hundred people working with Excel. Don't go there. <laughs> Sorry. So I gave a lightning talk, which is a ten-minute yep. session on
1: presentation technique. And what more specific?
0: In my in this case, it was uh, it was called "Speak Your Hands." Yep, and it was a bit of a play on words. Uh, and it is about using your, your hands or your body language for effective communication. Yep. And several of the other speakers came up to me afterwards and said, darn, <laughs> I won't be able to do my session without keeping
1: track of my hands. Exactly. That, that's the bad thing about learning more about presentation skills. You it mess. is. You're, you're a mess afterwards. Yes. And one of
0: the things that I say is, imagine a box covering your chest. This is pretty much where you want to keep your hands. Yep. If you go outside, and especially ab- above this, this box, uh, the technical term for this is jazz hands. <laughs> and <laughs> e- Even if you haven't heard jazz hands, you pretty much know what it's about. <laughs> and pro tip, you don't want to use jazz hands.
1: I think I use yes hands once every time I talk about it. Which
0: <laughs> is a good thing, if you do it by design. Yep. But here's the kicker. If you are standing... And pointing to your presentation. Where are you probably going to point? Outside the box? Above the box? Yep. So in essence you are using jazz hands. Without consciously using jazz yep. hands. Which is a bit of an issue. Yep. Uh, but it's still way better than using a laser pointer. Which yep. you should never do. But yeah. it's It's one of these things where very many of the other speakers said. Oh. Yeah.
1: but again in, in you may you may argue against me in this case but if you have a presentation that requires you to point at something in the presentation you're probably done the presentation wrong
0: I would have to agree yeah or you could highlight
1: yeah in with, an s- ad-
0: with some technique like for instance zooming in the PowerPoint or yeah. zooming v- with a um, presentation remote or r- remote. <laughs> remote. <laughs> presentation <laughs> remote that's a, a new <laughs> word or, or something like that. Yeah, yep. you could always use your the tools available to you in yep. a better way. So that was fun. And
1: yep. then I went home. <laughs> you went home. Did you go and had a, have a coffee and a cake at the cafe I mentioned to you?
0: Well, considering the fact that I came to Vienna at Thursday night. Yeah, I w- left I sed- Saturday morning then? Pretty much. Yep. I went straight to the, the speaker's dinner. Yep. Then... I did the the conference and then I went home yep. pretty much in, in okay. the morning. So I have no idea what Vienna looks like. <laughs> Rumor has it that Vienna was just outside the doors yeah. of the conference. Probably. I'll have to
1: take their word for it. Yep. And speaking of conferences. We are heading to Oslo next week. We are. The Nordic Infrastructure Conference. Yep. Where I will be presenting on how Azure, Windows 10 and Citrix can create a first-class user experience. Cool. And how we can integrate the different tools to really enhance the user experience. I will be focusing on how you can improve the user experience of a Windows 10 device primarily to ease up the Windows servicing parts, uh, but also really use, for example, Autopilot to deploy a Citrix receiver and then publish applications to it as a way to Move to the cloud a bit faster than you could if you had everything on the physical machine. Cool. Very useful. Yep. Yeah. And I also talk some parts of community tools that will en- enable you to create a better user experience for users when doing a Windows servicing update, because the user experience is really quite different when you do it with, for example, Intune or Windows Update or Config Manager. You have different user experiences. Some parts are better. In one tool and some parts are not as good cool that is very interesting and it kind
0: of got me thinking how much of this windows servicing is make it up as you go since it is a fairly new thing and how much have been set with best practices and so on and so forth
1: very little about best practices i would say it's as far as i'm aware we, we have some we have yoriba in the uk for example who's specialized in do, that kind of projects and processes mm-hmm. actually quite interesting company all right we have a couple of for example David Nevis who's a PFE right who's done quite a lot on it I've done some parts of it and so on uh, so but they're and there, there are more really general recommendations than best practices. And many of the recommendations are focused on the technology point of view, not the process. I was just about to say that. Yeah. And and that's that's what I'm trying to evangelize about. That, yeah, the technology is important and it's fun to implement it. It's challenging. Right. But the process needs to be in place as well because you can't solve everything only with technology. You need to have management on board. You need to have your users on board. You need to have a lot of other things working prior to you starting an upgrade. But I'm working in a quite large project now. We are talking about a thousand locations, tens of thousands of machines, mm. and we are supposed to upgrade them. I think we have to upgrade about 9,000 machines before end of March. End of March. Yeah. Wow. And But it's going great. I had a workshop yesterday, which was always interesting to get to know how, People are thinking, and so on. Mm. So it uh, it's something that I'll pick up in many of my talks, in probably in podcasts later on, and so on. How that project is going forward, because as I see it, it's it's really not. If you have a process, it's as easy to do a servicing in a organization with four hundred thousand users as it is in an organization with forty.
0: Yeah, it pretty much scales. Yeah. straight, yeah. right. And that's uh, th- th- that is the sign of a good process.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: All right, I will be talking about SQL Server. Surprise!
1: <laughs> surprise! Surprise!
0: <laughs> the first one is uh, level hundred-ish. It is called uh, the Cloud Awakens, and that is uh, about um, what is available in in Azure SQL Server, yep. and uh, pretty much what what is available. How to utilize SQL Service as a service and this also means that i will be talking a bit about the managed instance which is in a, a i wouldn't say a closed public beta yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's it's in a closed um, public beta yeah but it's in in um, it's in a public preview but not uh, widespread
1: it's not generally available no. but you can sign up for it you can yeah.
0: and it will be generally available um i think the first quarter and then stuff will be added to it as they go. Yeah. So it's an interesting intermediary between um, SQL Server on a VM and SQL Server in um, Azure yeah. database.
1: And I think we discussed that in your actual SQL Server we did. special. So if you want to know more about that, you can listen to that episode. You'll find yes. it on our blogs. Sure.
0: And then I will be giving a slightly more technical uh, briefing or talk, or whatever you want to call it, called Boring is Stable, Stable is Good. And this is the culmination of a few years' worth, actually, of blog posts, or five blog posts, that deal with best practices for SQL server. It is geared toward 2012 and 2014, with 2016 and a bit of 2017 thrown in for good measure. So it's um, very technical and... Then again it's technical from a process standpoint. Yep. Why are exactly. we doing this? Yep. So that's going to be very interesting to see what kind of questions I'll have. Yep. And and most everyone has opinions on
1: this and I'm I'm going to love to to hear them. Yep. Great. We talked a bit about Windows servicing and yep. just to keep that one we have a new Windows build and a new Windows server inside a build. Oh, right. Released. So for Windows, it's now build 17.083. Right. And I would say that one of the, there are basically three big things in this one, mm-hmm. or really two things and one thing, one feature. Two things and on, one thing. <laughs> two things and one thing. Okay. Two things that are in it and one thing that's not in it.
0: Ah. So first
1: of all, they have removed sets from the Windows Insider builds. Okay. So the ability to have several apps in one window using tabs. Right. And they've said, loud and clear, it won't be included in Redstone 4. So uh, they tried it and apparently it wasn't good enough. So they dropped it for this build.
0: I was just about to say that as in not ever coming back or no, we didn't get to work this time around.
1: I think they they wanted to work with all applications because that's really what they should do. It's Ooh, That's only, a
0: serious it, API change.
1: Yeah. it, it uh, At this moment, it uh, did only work with modern apps. Right. So I guess that's something of it. It might come back then. It might come back. Okay. Yep. Right. Uh, they also introduced something called diagnostic data viewer. So, First of all I recommend every single one of you out there who are legally allowed to there are some defense organizations and so on that for some reason some reason can't but to turn on telemetry in windows
0: yeah telemetry is is, is yeah. just do it
1: yeah and if you want to know what you're actually sending you can use the diagnostic data viewer in this build to get information on what's actually sent to microsoft and you can search your diagnostic event see what's it produces a json output yeah so it's it's useful to really show yeah nothing nothing out of the ordinary i just had
0: a brainwave oh which is a scary thought in itself but what kind of information would you say you can find in there could you have uses for it internally
1: you you could, but then you should really use OMS and log analytics and the, the already existing solutions for nah. analytics and so on. Sorry, nah. <laughs> but you All right, could. I hear you. It, it's more about when you get it in OMS, you get a visualization of it. Yes, you I You can know. get use of it. I know. I know. This is more to see what other things are sent. Yes. So you pr- you could probably use it in some way or form. You that's something we could look into. But I I would say that. This yep. is kind to, to it's, it's, alleviate. It's a, fears. a compliance thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe
0: it can re- reduce the amount of, of tinfoil hat exactly. discussions too.
1: Yep. And the last thing, which it's like, like I said last time, when we got language packs in the store. Yep. People were meh but it's actually a very important change. Right. Now we get fonts as well. Oh yes. And that's just extraordinary because it's a pain to deploy them. And it's also a quite common way to introduce malware. So using the store. Using yeah, Not <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> using, I actually using fonts. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's easier to deploy, it's easier to verify that our that are yes. uh, real and good and validated and so on. So that's actually a really good thing. On the thing you just did where you said something I wasn't sure about what you were supposed to say. I uh-huh. actually had a, a, a friend who is a developer. And he, he, we were out walking this last weekend and we had a discussion on, on work. And from out of nowhere, he just said, what's your view of PowerShell in Windows? Okay. And that was like, like his question. And I went, am I... It's, it's like, what's there, your view there, on air?
0: There is no easy answer to that one.
1: Yeah, and of course, he later said that it was a joke. But <laughs> I was totally not prepared there there's a great word for this yeah. flummoxed. yeah thank yeah. you
0: but um keeping uh, the track on on the um, the store yep power bi desktop can be downloaded through the store yep which means that you will have automatic updates yeah that is the good thing Yep. the bad thing yep which i've found and it is so bad that i'd have to remove oh. the store version is that i cannot for the life of me change the language
1: then you have to change the language of the, the country you are using for downloading the... Exactly. yep
0: And that sucks.
1: But do you want I it in want Swedish or English?
0: I want it in English.
1: Hmm. I need to look into what I... And, and yep. 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 Yep.
0: Fair enough. It might be a bug. I'll, yep. I'll look into it a bit more. Yep. And it also seems like one of the visualizations, a map visualization, which is, I know, finicky. To say the least, yep, seems to be even more broken in oh, the store version, which is also okay. weird. I'll I'll ask um, Adam or someone yep. else on the yep. Power BI team about it, but it it's a bit weird.
1: Yeah, and I would would like also to mention the new Windows Server build seventeen oh seventy. Yes, yes, yep. do that. We now support in place OS upgrades for Windows Server. Is that a good thing? Yep, you you can you don't you do it's it. Of course, you should have everything highly available anyway, uh-huh. but this enables you to do an in-place upgrade, not just have a cluster or a highly available solution, right. remove one, get it up again.
0: So as long as the up in-place upgrade actually works, which, which it does. It does. It seems yep. to have been working way better in, in Windows 10 yeah, yeah, than yeah, it, it has.
1: Yeah, it's great. Uh, they have a smaller server core container base image, 30% smaller. Oh, nice. And just so between on. two, two um, yep. between builds darn. So that's it's they have some other things, MSMQ. Oh, messaging that? queue. Messaging queue. Yep. yep. Installs in a server core container. Hello. And key application compatibility bug fixes.
0: Which could mean pretty much anything, <laughs> <but> <laughs> anything,
1: yep. Cool. Yep. And they have some a number of known is- issues as yeah, well. yeah, yeah,
0: but of course. I mean, this is still beta stuff, but it is getting there and it, it's getting there fast. Yep. All right. I think it is actually time to end the show. Yep. And we will try to do an episode at the infrastructure conference. Yep. Depending on if we can find the time and so on and so forth. Otherwise, we will see you when we see you. Yep. Great. Thank you very much for listening and have a good one. Bye.